Okay, gang, look who's back one more time. Your pals, the Splendid Bohemians. Rich yeah, we're, we're on the minefield. Boy, this is going to be interesting, Maz, because we, we know what's coming, but yet we don't know what's coming. But uh, I have no idea, and I'm afraid. <laughs> well, there's nothing that a good edit can't cure, but we don't, <laughs> we don't really believe in the edit. We want, to, we, we want full disclosure and, uh, and revelation. Well, I was having a thought this morning. Um, I, I, I know you get the, um, the, the reports on the listener uh, hits and all this stuff, but you don't know how many, what the percentage of female to male listeners are. I presume mostly male. I, I don't know why that presumption is, is evident but I say that in a politically correct format because it, it, there should be some equality between interests. But yeah, absolutely. But and you're probably so. right. You're probably right. It's probably a male-dominated audience, yeah. You know, uh, but I'd be curious to know because um, a lot of the things we're going to say today, uh, you know, we, we want to be uh, even-handed and... and kind of um, all-encompassing in our uh, viewpoint. But that's hard to do. Well, it's, it's, okay. it's difficult to do under the circumstances of uh, feeling unequipped to vocalize in a culture that no longer wishes that you vocalize. Now, if we are speaking to men, then men will some some males will get the message some males will not get the message or maybe they will pass it on and go you know maybe you should listen to these two schmucks tell their wives or their girlfriends listen to these two schmucks they got a message for you this one may not be for me and then mm. of course they break up and now we have all women <laughs> we have all and they female. blame us and they sue us and they sue us or we get all female we we, we get a listenership that's female do, uh, dominated which which would be okay. I mean, there's no, there's no winning. There's no losing. There is only the truth as we see the truth. Well, and, you know, um, we haven't even told everybody what the subject is going to be. Well, don't go too far because this is a fascinating little build up here. Because what? Okay. What I think, what I think we're we're establishing is this is going to be a little bit different, because we are known for our dissection of. Uh, of artists and how they have complemented our lives and how they complement society. And we're going to take our reach and we're going to 
we're going to address society as well as the artists. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and I mentioned to you and we both, you know, even though I couldn't see your eyes, I, I suspected we both got a twinkle in our eye thinking about, oh, yeah, Tom Jones would make a great subject. Well, romanticism is part of the equation and part of romanticism as it date back. You can you can date this to the oldest of, of folk music. There are variations on the themes of, of love and relationships and affection and attachments. And in, in, in some songs, Johnny Cash winds up killing his woman. And in some Johnny Cash songs, Johnny's got the ring of fire going. Uh, there's a, there is the yin and the yang within the domain of our relationship with women in this world that I don't think has been as readily defined as it has been until recently with the Supreme Court nomination. So I'm thinking basically about a form of romantic art that seems to have died due to time, of course, and due to the uh, this equation of it no longer being proper and fulfilling to love women as women were once loved in song and in various other forms of art. Because, mm. be, because that is, some of that has become insulting to some. Yeah, yeah, it all has to be rethought. We're in a, a seismic shift uh, culturally. And um, I sort of subtitled this episode, Legacies in Danger, you know. Um, will the seismic shift in attitudes cause a great many of the previously esteemed artists to have their work rejected? So that, that, that helps kind of give a background to what you're saying. And then there's a quote from 1986 by Carolyn Heilbrunn. Romantic is my lexicon means unreal, glossed over with false attractiveness to entrap those who will not see through the gloss to the truth beneath. Advertising is wholly dependent on romance. And so is the position of women in society. So what we're dealing with is centuries and centuries and centuries of uh, our orientation toward romance, which now we're, we, we have to be rethinking. Well, we need to be rethinking a great many things, and we're going to start with the premise that Tom Jones, for some, is no longer a the illusion of Delilah is not an illusion to some. It is not a tale, it is not a saga, it is not this, this frenzy of passion. It is an anti-feminine declaration. She's a lady. It is no longer a compliment 
it is an anti-feminine declaration. But when you get Tom Jones in the mix of this, now you really got me going, buddy. <laughs> don't talk about Tom. Hey, say anything you want about uh, those broads, but don't talk about Tom Jones. You see where the balance hits? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, Tom Jones is still adored by many people. Oh, of course he is. All right. That's so not he, he That's was, not the question. Yeah, of course. Right. It's not the question, but if if the legacy is in danger, you know, and he's old and he's I mean, this is a man who bragged that he slept with 250 women in a year. Uh, and meanwhile, he lived, he was married to the same woman for 59 years. And there's the romantic was, part. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to say? What can I say? <laughs> this is the shit men have gotten away with from time immemorial. I'm going to stay married to you. I love you. You're mine until the day one of us dies. She died first. Some reporter asked him years ago, uh, why does she put up with this? And he goes, oh. How do you keep a woman, you know, when you're do sleeping with 250 women? He goes, oh, I bought her a castle. Well, she's all you'd ever want. She's the kind I'd like to flaunt and take to dinner. But she always knows her place. She's got style. She's got grace. She's a winner. <laughs> well, there's fairy tale stuff for you. And yeah, can, there you go. It's it's all mixed together. Yeah, it is all mixed together. Can people be bought? Of course, people can be bought. But um, I mean, I remember Tom. You remember Tom Jones? The whole thing uh, back in the '70s, where the women were throwing their panties up on stage. Absolutely. Uh, he, and the way he, I mean, the way he moved those hips. And uh, it was like Elvis 2.0. But I know that you are romantic. Oh, I'm Going back to that word. I am and I romantic. Will Me Too be the death of romance? No, it won't. Of course it won't be the death of romance. It is within a society that, that is, is now leaning toward populism and nationalism, it is... You, you have to be on the watch. I mean, we always have to be on the watch, but we have to be more careful now than, than we have ever been. And we're afraid to offend anyone at this particular juncture. And this may have been the one thing, the one good thing that has come of the changing of the guard, that we begin to recognize just how prolifically fragile we are when it comes to our our thoughts and the things that that we that we hold sacred, uh, how protective um, and how demanding, but to be silenced. This is the crime. To silence the romanticism, that would be the crime. 
to ask to turn down Tom Jones, how dare you, is just fucking ridiculous. So I'm not sure who these people are that find it offensive. So it's the it's the the moral fascism of the liberals that you uh, are having a problem with. Uh, it's a it's it's not problematic when you. I don't even have a problem with it. I have a uh, I have an understanding. There's an angry disdain now as you watch a group of individuals who had no plan B forge ahead with zero and then allow themselves to be accused of being the mob. I mean, this is the most docile group of, of Democrats I've seen in my lifetime. It's the erectile dysfunction of a society. <laughs> That is allowing itself. You know. You know. At some point, I'm going there, right? You, you know, I'm going there. We want to go back, as Tom Jones said, to the green, <laughs> to the green, green grass of home. And this is Dandy Dan Daniels for you, <laughs> for Corvettes, where we've got every album on sale this week for two ninety nine, including you too can be a DJ. <laughs> There's no shock jockness going on here, and there's really nothing that's being said here that has not been said 50,000 times in other, exactly. in, in, in other places. So exactly. it's, it's not a shock. But what I think we should do is we should, I'm going to, what I'm going to ask you is what are your, when you think of Sir Thomas John Woodward, the great Tom Jones, I found yeah, his interpretation Thomas, of John Woodward OBE. So I find that his I find that his uh, interpretation of Leonard Cohen's Tower of Song is one of the most faithful renditions of a poet's work that I've ever heard. Well my friends are gone and my hair is gray. I ache in the places where I used to play and I'm crazy for love. But I'm not coming home I'm just paying my rent Every day In the Tower of Song I said to Hank Williams How lonely does it get Hank Williams Hasn't answered me yet But I hear him coughing All night long A hundred floors above me in the Tower of Song. I was born like this, I had no choice. I was born with the gift of a golden voice and 27 angels from the great beyond. They tied me to the stage right here in the Tower of Song. So you can stick your little pins in that voodoo doll I'm very sorry baby but that doesn't look like me at all And I'm standing by the window where the light is strong They don't let women kill you not here in the Tower of Souls 
Now you can say that I've grown bitter, but this you can be sure. The rich have got their channels in the bedrooms of the poor, and there's a mighty judgment coming, babe. But I may be wrong. You see, you hear these funny voices in the Tower of Song. I see you standing on the other side. I don't know how the river got so wide, and I loved you, baby, way back when. And all the bridges are burning that we might have crossed, but I feel so close to everything we lost, and we'll never, we'll never have to lose it again. Now I bid you farewell. I don't know when I'll be back. They're moving us tomorrow to the tower down the track, and you'll be hearing from me, baby, long after I'm gone. I'll be speaking to you sweetly from a window in the tower of song. song is great um the i think the the cut that um revitalized his career in the 80s was kiss the prince song and that was a, a kinetic uh, explosion and his manager gordon mills died and his son mark who's only 15 years younger than uh, tom himself became his manager and revitalized his career, which had sort of become stagnant after playing Vegas for 15 years. And I think, I believe Kiss was the record that um, that reignited his career. So let's go back to Prince then. How, what is, is Prince's legacy in danger? Hmm. I don't know. Because we're, we're, we're talking about someone who just appreciated a song, and the source of that song is one of the most uh, interesting promoters of sexuality that popular music has ever seen. Well, that's the question. Is celebrating sexuality uh, the same as uh, exploiting women? That is the question, right? I mean, do we have to abandon the love of sex? So everybody, you talk about the erectile dysfunction of society. Do we all have to become the same sex and, you know, sort of uh, happy warriors shoulder to shoulder marching into the future? No, no. I mean... What seems to have happened here is this conversation was ignited by an experience, by a personal experience. Uh, you had mentioned that KISS was also within the equation of, or on this billboard of songs that could be interpreted as being sexist. 
No, you did. I said that Kiss was the record that restarted his career. Right, but but I believe we had a conversation prior regarding the idea that that particular song could one could take offense to it. Well, everybody likes kissing. <laughs> that's the point. I mean, <laughs> that's the point. So what is it we don't like? Well, we don't like uh, physically dominating people who don't want to be touched. There we go. Well, yeah, and, and you and I, being the age that we are, uh, you know, I mean, don't have to worry about it too much. <laughs> yeah, I would say not at all. <laughs> not if one wants to remain married. and uh, as a f- Unless you're Tom Jones. Yeah, unless you're Tom Jones, but I know that four is enough for me. So I'm not, you know. Tom Jones said when he was our age, um, or a little younger, I'm not sure. Where, uh, he has a love child, um, Jonathan Bakery, uh, who who bills himself. He's homeless because Tom does not acknowledge him. Uh, but there was a paternity test, and Tom, the court made Tom pay for his uh, upkeep until he was 18. His name is John. He, he bills himself as John Jones, and he he's a busker on the street. See, these are things I, I these are things I've never quite understood. If someone comes to you and says, "This is your child," there are people who are poverty stricken who would not turn away anyone that was related to them. No, and in fact, it might uh, end up being one of the most profound and joyous experiences of your life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, but he's protect Tom is protecting himself and says he was tricked and uh, you know, he refuses to talk to Jonathan. The, the, the man proclaims to have slept with 250 women and those are the 250 in one probable tour. One year. This yeah. is one year. Then you can imagine the numbers as they escalate and the the possibility of pregnancy occurring within those thousands of escapades. Yeah, I'm surprised there's only one. Exactly. That, you know, one that's being spoken about, being, being spoken of. Um, see, Tom, Tom Jones has always been an interesting figure to me because he's one of the few people that has not bowed down to the Beatles. He had a, uh, he didn't have a very fond appreciation of John Lennon. He felt John was a uh, was a buffoonish thug in a lot of respects. But then again, a lot of people felt that John was a monster. Uh, yeah. But he's but Tom Jones will speak about it without the fear of any sort of retaliation within the industry. John Lennon always made fun of, of Tom Jones. You know, he's the what's up pussycat guy. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, John thought that he's quite above that, but uh, I don't think he ever really understood, in to- in total, what what Tom Jones' gift was. And meanwhile, the resistance goes on. I love you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take Th- care. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Bye bye.